Welcome to Pursuing God Podcast. I am your host, Adobe Nduka. I am the Spiritual Formation Director of North City Church. And in this podcast, we are having conversations on spiritual formation in the way of Jesus. I honestly believe you cannot grow spiritually on your own. So I am inviting you to go ahead and reach out on Facebook, on Instagram, on our website at NorthCityChurchMPLS.com. Or you can email me. My email address is adobe at northcitychurchmpls.com. Welcome and enjoy the conversation. Hey, everybody. Um, Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. And listen, okay, so we started last week and we just made an assumption that people knew who we were. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, JD, uh, we need to tell the people who we are other than our title. You know, that's just what we do for work. But, you know, (laughs) who's you? You know, who's you? (laughs) I like that. So for me, Adobe and Duca, I literally. Um, refer myself as a New York-born Nigerian because I'm a proud New Yorker and also a proud Nigerian. And so born in New York, raised in Nigeria, so that's why you hear the accent like real good. And sometimes it can come out very well, so just be prepared, okay? It's kind of a secret goal of mine to get <laughs> the Nigerian accent to come out. I, I know I know you're, like, really into the conversation when when that comes out. So I get, like, this smile on my face. I'm like, yes. Yes. It's come out. Yes. So I just want to let you know it will come out. I When that side of me come out, I call her Adandoka. So uh, when Adandoka comes out, it's over. It's like, uh-uh. we have entered. <laughs> it's over. We have entered the motherland, and it's all over. Um, and I am divorced, and I have four beautiful children, ages ranging from 10 to 18. My oldest is literally starting college, man, this fall. Whoa. University. How are you feeling about that? You know what? <laughs> I feel good in the sense that she is... In University of Minnesota. Yeah. If she had to go out of state, I think I would be freaking out. Close to home. So God just bless my soul. (laughs) (laughs) And make me look cool that she picked you of them. And I am so happy. Me and her dad, we are happy and excited. Her dad actually went to U of M. So, you know, he is super happy that, you know, she's going to U of M. So, yeah. So that's about me. How about you, man? I'm just sitting here daydreaming about the day oh when <laughs> no 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 I am I'm JD Larson I am now a father of three yeah a two month old a two year old and a four year old yeah yeah which means I am sleep deprived <laughs> and over caffeinated right now listen. <laughs> It's usually the Lord gives you grace. You hear me? <laughs> a, a dual, a dual reality of sleep deprived and over caffeinated. No, but I have I have three beautiful children. Wife Christian Ann, who leads uh, North City Church with us, Love who's her. putting this podcast on. Love her. I'm sure she will make an appearance. The, she, uh, you better believe she is. Yes, yes she's she someone will. I look to for yeah. 
my spiritual formation. Awesome. So she better get on this podcast. Oh, she will be. I uh, started North City with her and a group of people mm-hmm. about uh, almost a year ago. Now. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yes. And um, one of the questions I have about spiritual formation is why God withholds all the details. So when he mm-hmm. called us to plant a church, now I'm like, God, you could have mentioned that you wanted to plant a church in the middle of a pandemic, but mm-hmm. here we are making podcasts, <laughs> doing things differently. <laughs> You're watching us online. It's a good time. Listen to us on the podcast stream. So yeah, yeah. that's a bit about me. I, I grew up uh, in the woods, in small towns. Now I found myself in the city. So I'm, I'm uh, It's uh, called Wisconsin, the woods, y'all. I just want to let, I want to put it out there. Yes. It's Wisconsin. It's called the woods. Yes. People are proud of the title <laughs> woods. Yes. Yes. No, but I love the city. Love living here. Mm-hmm. Love this conversation. We're gonna have, oh, and absolutely. we have been having. Uh, yeah. Last week, I had a lot of fun. Me so too. I'm excited to dive into this more. Yeah, too much fun. So let let us open with our prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful uh, for giving us the space to have a conversation. What it looks like to pursue you. So we ask that you sit in this conversation, lead this conversation. Um, and also open our hearts for those of us that are watching or listening and for me and JD as we talk and share what pursuing you looks like for us as individuals and also as a community. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So this um, episode, we are going to talk about meditation. Meditation. So what comes to your mind when you hear the word meditation? Like, oh man, so many things. <laughs> uh, so many things that we're probably not going to talk about. Um, yeah, honestly, I think the first go at meditation that comes into people's minds is uh, uh, a lot of time Eastern religion. Yes, um, and for sure. For good reason. A lot of uh, meditation resources and history have come out of Eastern religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what comes to mind first. I think of like Zen garden or like a you know. A guru, guru or something? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What about for you? Yeah, me, I, I remember hearing it, and what comes to my mind even now is like sitting with your legs crossed and you're doing this and going, um. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, you know, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just like literally that was, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, how this, okay, how's yeah. this godly? Like, how's this yeah. Christian? You know what I mean? Um, so, but man, what, uh, we are definitely going to talk about is what does meditation look like for us Christians? Mm -hmm. And, um, I want to read, um, Foster's, um, definition really. So he, so first I want to read the definition of spiritual meditation, Mm because if you just look at just meditation, man, it can... It can apply to anything, especially law, and that's a whole different conversation. But we're talking about spiritual meditation. So the definition of that is, is the mindful practice of connection to something that is greater than oneself, but isn't limited to any particular faith. Hmm. So that's spiritual meditation. But Christian meditation, according to uh, Foster, is, is he said it is very simple. It is the ability to hear God's voice and obey his word. Now, hmm. let me pause here. That's worth a pause. 
He yeah. says, well, what makes me pause when I read his definition is he said, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. It is the ability to hear God's voice and obey his word. So if you're like me, you like very simple. It's not simple, but I have to um, realize that when he says very simple, it doesn't mean that he's saying it's very easy. Hmm. Simple doesn't mean easy. Yeah. So simple meaning is straightforward, nothing complicated about it, but not easy. It takes practice. Mm-hmm. We, that's a muscle that we have to work on, that spiritual muscle. So, yeah, so I had a, at first I was like, what do you mean very simple? (laughs) But then I had to realize, no, simple doesn't mean easy. Simple just means it's straightforward, clear cut. Yeah. Yeah, not complicated. Totally. I I love that definition from Foster. And I do love the simplicity of it because, you know, first when we started planning this podcast and Adobe's like, all right, we're going to talk about meditation first. I'm like, a meta what are we going to talk about first? (laughs) Like, it's not necessarily the first thing, especially if you came from, so the Christian background I came from, meditation was not in the vernacular, not in in the conversation of our walk in spiritual life. So there, mm-hmm. there, I think, is this natural hesitation and skepticism around the words meditation or Absolutely. contemplation in some circles. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, boy, I better dig into that. And once you do, and once you're able to consider the simple definition that Foster puts forth, it is so good that we're starting here. Yes. It's so fundamental to mm-hmm. this conversation about spiritual formation in the way of D- Jesus. And back to that definition of meditation, just simply being, creating the space to hear God's voice mm-hmm. and responding to it. Yeah. Um, man, there's just so much in our life that uh, is counter creating space <laughs> uh, to hear God's voice. And I think you got to step back from that a little bit and just say, hey, that's a s- distinctive mm. of Christianity and Christian spiritual formation and a formation that Jesus showed us through his life, mm-hmm. that one of the beauties of Christianity is to be able to stop and actually listen to what the God of the universe has to speak into one's life. Absolutely. So uh, meditation in one sense is just creating the space for that conversation. Right. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm reminded of literally like the first <laughs> paragraph of him talk about med- meditation and he said something that just made me chuckle. And he was like, uh, hurry is not of the devil. It is the devil. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, dang. Yeah. And it's true. It it's is so true, true. Because if you stay busy, you, like you said, you don't make room. You don't even make time for God to speak. Wow. And the thing about God is he's not going to holler at you. He's not going to yell. Hmm. He's not like some of us parents that yell at our kids. Uh, <laughs> no, he don't do that. He's not yeah. a yeller, you know. So he is gentle. And he whispers, you know, so you really have to discipline yourself to, man, stay quiet. Even your mind racing, you have to calm that down and just lean in and hear his whisper. And um, it's almost as if like, because for someone to whisper to you and for you to hear them, it's like you have to be real close to them. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because if I'm trying to, you have to really come real close. So you Hmm. stopping and making space is almost as if you are coming close 
to his mouth or for him to whisper something, to, wow. for him to say something, right? Yeah. So if you think of it in that way, it's like, oh, wow, okay. Because it's not like he's talking over there. Because if he whispers over there, you can't hear him. But for him to whisper and you, and you can hear him, that means you have come so close to his lips or to his heart mm. to hear what he has to say. Man, I so resonate with Foster's bringing in the topic of hurry mm. into the conversation of meditation yeah. because what I hear him saying there is hurry is the enemy yes. of meditation. And based on his definition, hurry in our lives is the enemy of hearing God's voice, oh if gosh. you carry that. And sure. I, I, yeah, I, I love the image that you give there, like stopping mm-hmm. enough in our life, mm-hmm. creating enough silence, creating the environment to hear a whisper of God. I, reminds me of that scripture of where God passes by the, the wind, mm-hmm. the, um, I'm forgetting the reference of it right now. And then all first of a sudden, Kings. first, <laughs> no, like, talking about Elijah. I know that one. I know that one. Excuse me. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, but it's like that still small voice is mm-hmm. what we're recovering. One of the books that's really been shaping me recently is by an author named John Mark Comer, who's a pastor from Portland. And he wrote this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm. And he makes the same conclusion as Richard Foster, that our modern lives are getting more and more hurried. Mm. And this is why I think it's great to start the conversation with meditation now, because in order for us to enter into a space where we can hear God's voice, we have to take the steps to ruthlessly eliminate hurry in our lives. And it's, um, you know, it's interesting. We're not explicitly talking about silence as a practice itself, but Mm -hmm. it's inherent in this practice, isn't it? Sure. It's inherent in this space. And (laughs) as soon as I say that, I reflect on how we hate silence, (laughs) even to the point of like, uh, my wife and I, we, we sleep with a noise machine on. Do you really? Yes, we do. Wow. Partially because of, like, neighborhood noise. But gotcha. I just think that's emblematic of our culture that, like, there's so much distraction, so much noise that an- is antithetical. Is that a word? Antithetical? I just made it one. Listen, antithetical. I'm um, just going to assume. English is my second language. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. It is antithetical. <laughs> To us creating space to hear God's voice, that still small voice in our life. So I love that. Yeah, I love that. For sure. And so he goes on to say that um, in the Bible that there are two Hebrew words used um, to give this idea of meditation. And then it has various meanings. So he gave a few of them, not limited to. Um, so meaning of listening to God's word, reflecting on God's works, rehearsing God's deeds, uh, ruminating on God's law. And so an example that came up to me is I am reminded of Moses dying in the wilderness and God um, looks to Joshua Hmm. and says, okay, you, you up next. (laughs) Listen. I can picture, picture myself being Joshua hmm. and freaking, I can, like, even now I'm talking about, I can feel my body shaking in fear because, yeah. man, Moses was the man. You know what I mean? He 
went to Pharaoh, got all these people out. And, you know, Joshua was literally like his secondhand man, honestly. And I can imagine him watching if for those of you that grew up in church or for PKs watching, you can imagine seeing the the behind the scenes of what it looks like to be a leader, to lead these people. And, you know, in the wilderness, man, you have some people that were coming against Moses, talking crap, you know what I mean? And for him to see all that, yeah, Moses did this wonderful job of bringing them out, going to God. God speaks to him. He brings down 10 commandments. I mean, you know, can you imagine this? I mean, has the Ten Commandments have all these laws, all the, and then all of a sudden now God is like, yep, you're up next. So I can imagine him thinking, oh, my God, I am not Moses. I don't have the same gifts as Moses. I don't even talk like, you know what I mean? Like, I can imagine. And, of course, God is like, be of good, be of good courage. Fear not. <laughs> and you're like, that's easy for you to say, you yeah, know. And yeah. sh- Oh, my God, I could just feel it. And. God is like, listen, basically, in, when you look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 8, God says to him, after telling him, do not be afraid, you know, take courage. You are, gonna, you are the one I'm selecting so that you can take the people, of the children of Israel, to the promised land. Mm-hmm. And so in verse 8, he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Uh, that's basically the versions I'll be reading because... It just, it speaks to me. Um, (laughs) um, The book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do accordingly to all that is written in it. So meditation, there is him literally meditating on the the uh, word of God, on the law, like really like reading it and sitting with it. And trying to understand, okay, what does this mean? And trying to figure out how to apply it, mm-hmm. you know, not only to his life, but also to the people that he's leading. Yeah. So God is like, listen, just, and you do this day and night. It's not yeah. like <laughs> you do it one time. So God is basically saying, hey, if you apply this discipline of meditation, uh, of my laws, you, you know, you'll be good. You will have, and he actually says you will have good success. So yeah. that means to me, so there is such thing as bad success. Interesting. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I was like, man. Um, and, I, you know, after God tells him that, of course, he goes on ahead to do what God yeah. calls him to do. As, as I'm uh, hearing you talk about that, it strikes me that in our Christian spiritual formation, if we're trying to live into the way of Jesus, mm-hmm. There's often maybe not a defined moment in our life, but a series of moments of Joshua moments, like you're saying, where, and Richard Foster points this out. Um, Richard Foster, by the way, is the author of the book Celebration of Disciplines that's guiding a lot of our conversation. For sure. Um, He points out the fact that many people in their spiritual life are okay, even prefer to thrive in their spiritual life off of someone else's word Mm. from God. Mm. And, you know, if you, if you look at the systems and structures of faith that exist now, many of them are set up to efficiently have people like us who, um, part of our, our life and calling is to create spaces to listen to God and to teach like this podcast But what that indirectly does and communicates is it creates a barrier for people in their everyday spiritual life Mm -hmm. to uh, not only have the conviction that they can hear God's voice, 
not only have the conviction that they can sit with scripture in the ways that you're describing, but that is core right. to what it is to have a spiritual life. And I am <laughs> what you so vividly described is this fear in Joshua's voice, which is actually evident in all of Israel's experience. Yeah. When they when there's this point where Moses comes down and he's like, Okay, let's let's be with God, and Israel's like, No, we're cool. <laughs> uh, you be with God and you tell us because right. there was a, a fear of that. And mm. I, I we we cannot um it doesn't take that long for me to look in my life and find the hesitation to sit in God's presence mm. and to uh, have a hesitation to want to hear what God will say mm-hmm. and a preference sometimes to hear a word indirectly through others. And, and certainly mm-hmm. that's good. Like when you preach, man, <laughs> I hear a word, to right? God be the glory. And that yeah. forms me. And we'll talk about that later in as a core part of, of, of spiritual formation. But I, I think that all of the hurry in our life is not just external. I mm-hmm. think internally we crave the hurry. Mm-hmm. We crave the busyness because there is this uh, there is this holy reverence or fear to be in such a powerful space. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about my life entering those spaces, there is a mix of anticipation to mm-hmm. hear God's voice oh, for sure. and this <laughs> mix sure. of, of, of reverence, like, oh man, I have to quiet my, my soul down mm-hmm. and I have to be seen. Mm-hmm. I have to listen and, yeah. and know that God is here. Mm-hmm. So I, I just love that. I, yeah. and I, um, if I can go to silence a yeah, little bit yeah, more. Please. I think um, silence is something that I have learned more about and craved more and more of, not just because I'm an introvert, <laughs> uh, but that's a part of it. Uh, uh, not because you have three children either. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yes. No, that's mostly it. I crave silence with the three, three children, but... Uh, one of the people that I've learned from recently in my life is a writer, actually uh, a, a Catholic writer, Richard Rohr. Okay. And um, last time I was on retreat, I actually picked up a book of his on silence and contemplation. And he makes this assertion mm-hmm. that's really connected. I would say his definition of contemplation and art, what we're talking about with meditation, are closely tied. Okay, And he draws the same conclusion about meditation being about where we hear God's voice and obey. But he goes further and says the context for that meditation is often silence. And he reflects on silence by saying this sort of bold statement that I'm not even sure I can wrap my mind around, Mm. that silence is the foundation of reality. And Hmm. uh, before you get lost in thinking about that, that, (laughs) what he's trying to conjure up in that image is uh, the image of Genesis before God creates the world with his words. Mm. There is a formless void, it says. In other translations, there's chaos. Mm -hmm. But there is this sort of God creating out of nothing. There Mm. is this stripped down bear. And I think what we fear so much in the silence is that void, if you will. But... It's the space in which we have clarity and God can create. Mm. Just like God created the world out of 
formless sort of uh, silence and brought forth new things um, from his very word. Mm. (laughs) On a theological level, part of what we're experiencing in meditation is the same thing. Mm. We are creating space in our life to shut off the noise, Mm. to shut down the chaos and sit in the midst of the silence with God to say something, mm. to create something new with God's words and I, God's own word. Mm-hmm. And I, I have certainly experienced that where I, uh, there's circumstances in life or things that just don't, <laughs> I'm like, I don't have a solution for this. Mm-hmm. I need to meditate. Right. And sometimes I need a guide for that, but sometimes I just need silence. Gotcha. And Oftentimes, God will speak, and he'll create some new way, some new word out of that. Mm. Um, he'll create something new in my own life out of that silence. Sweet. So I think that's super helpful to think about silence and meditation in that way. Oh, absolutely. Um, as you're talking, I'm, I remember my, my f- f- I mean, first time where I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm definitely going to surrender my life to you. I'm actually going to read the scripture and actually apply it to my life, not just read it and, you know, I like it's a novel. Um, <laughs> um, I remember at first I felt um, not worthy enough for him to speak to me. So when you were talking about the people of Israel, when God spoke in the mountain and they were afraid of God's voice and they were like, now nah, Moses, you go ahead, hear for us and then tell us what he said. Um, I was, for me, it was more like, man, I don't think I'm good enough for him mm. to even talk to me. I felt like you have to be one of those holy and thou people mm. for God to speak to, never thinking that God speaks to every human being, whether we know it's him or not. Some people can say, oh, that's coincidence, or some people can allocate it to something else, but... Mm. He speaks to everybody. It's just a matter of are we li- willing to listen. Yeah. And it took me a while because I remember I was one of those people who would go, if I hear that a prophet is um, coming to preach at some kind of conference or some kind of hour run because I'm like, yeah, I want that prophet to tell me what God is saying. Mm. And I remember one time I wanted to go. I was so eager to go. And for some reason, it didn't happen. And I was upset because I was like, oh, my God, I want to hear what God has to say to me. I want him to prophesy over me. And I remember getting a dream. And basically this dream meant, because in this dream, that same prophet was in this dream, but he was basically being rude to me, Hmm. um, pushing me away, didn't even want to acknowledge me in the dream. And I was getting upset Hmm. in this dream. And I remember waking up thinking, God, what, what? what was that? Like, that was not even godly. You know, are you sure that this man is of you? And I remember this impression God put in my heart saying, you are chasing after man to tell you what I said, but you should chase after me and I will tell you. Wow. You don't need to depend on him. And that shook me. Wow. And then at the same time, I felt kind of special. Like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like, for real? Like, I don't need to chase... Like, you going to talk to me, really? And so it was this awakening, like, oh, okay. I didn't know. I just yeah. thought, you know, you have to be a special somebody. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, bet. All right. 
let's let's go. I'll yeah. learn how you speak. I mean, it's just like any language. So I speak two languages. I speak Igbo and English, right? But you have to learn those languages, right? And so it's like God speaks in his own spiritual language. Hmm. And we have to learn what that spiritual language is. Yeah. What does his symbolism mean? Like for those of us that dream, those are symbols. So yeah. it's like you have to learn what those symbols mean. Um, what is he trying to say? So it's it's like learning a language, and you have to be willing to learn that spiritual language that he speaks in. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I think we don't, like, it's it's important to understand that God, and you've already said this, that mm-hmm. the invitation is there for oh everyone my gosh, yes. to, to enter into that. So mm-hmm. it's not, I think a distinction of Christian meditation is that oftentimes in meditation in different contexts mm-hmm. can be this sort of, like, exclusive like come learn from a guru until you mm-hmm. really get it yeah you can do this now oh my gosh like, yeah that's part of what we want to say is oh like my God, yeah then that's evident in the story you just said that was the mm-hmm. confidence that god was trying to build in you that mm-hmm. you don't you you don't need mm-hmm. um that's part of the good news of the gospel amen that god has torn the veil in Jesus. Right. The Holy Spirit is accessible to us. Right. Um, there is an intimate, like you were saying earlier, whisper relationship. And I think sure. part of the beauty of that is God speak to, speaks to each of us in these spaces in ways that he knows that will connect with us. Oh, for sure. He, yeah. he made us. Yeah. He's like, I know how to talk to you. Oh, listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know how to get your attention. So. For sure. And, you know, and looking at scripture, especially in the book of Psalms, you will see the word med- meditate yeah. a lot. And so I literally want to pick out two uh, passages of scripture in the book of Psalms. So this first one, I thought, hilarious, but man... Good and deep. Um, so this one, I, you, um, I'm reading from Psalm um, chapter 4, and then I'm going to read verses 4 through 5. And it says, be angry and do not sin. <laughs> Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Hmm. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. So now that meditate right there is a whole different kind of meditate. <laughs> <laughs> School us, school us. What is what? What is that about? Yeah. You know, man. Listen, someone can really take you off. Some situation can happen, and God is like, "Yeah, be angry. That is cool. Yeah. I, he he has no problem with you being angry, but he does not want you to go and sin. So don't be impulsive." And he's like, meditate. And I love how it says, meditate within your heart on your bed. I just thought that was <laughs> hilarious. Right. It's like, go lie down and uh, go bring this before the Lord. So bring the issue before him. Bring the frustration before him. Bring the mm. pain before him mm. and be still. And what I love about verse 5 is this, off, he says, offer the sacrifices of righteousness, meaning do your part. And staying true to what God said and then put your trust in the Lord and what he's going to do in that yeah. other person or in that situation. I love that. I love that you picked out this psalm because I think it so illustrates the power of meditation mm-hmm. in our lives. Like, I've been there with you. I've, I've, I've hit the pillow and got some... <laughs> <laughs> I go to that pillow with some grudges. Let's just say that I've, I go to pillow uh, thinking, thinking some 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 words I I, I should have said, would have right. said, oh my gosh, bit yes. my tongue from saying, mm-hmm. and 
But let's just be real. Like part of what we want to communicate in this podcast about meditation is meditation is a gift that God has given us mm. to be emotionally well. Yes. And I love this I love oh, yeah. this song because it's it's like okay, you have a strong emotion. Mm-hmm. Here is how God wants to form you in the midst of your everyday ordinary life when you are so irate Ooh. at someone at work mm. or something someone posted on the interwebs yes. or something a relative said or right. something a kid did in right. your home mm-hmm. that day and I love I love this because it so illustrates what Foster and others we've mentioned already are trying to communicate mm-hmm. that meditation is simply stopping and creating the space in the midst of Ooh. life and its height of emotions to before you act to Ooh. just be still and respond to or well first expect for God's voice to come through that moment mm-hmm. and let that shape how you respond and I, I love what you drew out because it's like <laughs> whenever God has said something in my life <laughs> let me just warn you all people <laughs> Who are listening and watching, watching. you wonderful people. <laughs> There's usually a sacrifice, oh, right? Yeah. This way of Jesus, this way of God, he makes his love known and builds mm-hmm. his kingdom and um, brings his goodness and wholeness into the world mm-hmm. through people who have the faith to sacrifice mm-hmm. and follow his leadership. Yeah. And I would say most, if not all the time in the midst of meditation, there has been some invitation to give up myself yes. instead of pull myself away. Right. And um, sometimes there is like a word for someone else that takes a little courage to mm. say. Mm. Sometimes there is uh, uh, some, some step I need to take mm-hmm. that will maybe require some sort of sacrifice out of that. So I just think that so beautifully illustrates how we're not just talking about some practice that you can do when you feel safe, when you've got extra time. This is critical to the way of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's critical to spiritual formation to create consistent contexts to hear God's voice so that we can be emotionally well, so we can be well all the way around. I think this is a great example. We talked in the first episode about how our spiritual well-being Mm -hmm. can influence the well-being of the rest of our life. And this is is such a clear example. For sure. And, you know, for some of us, it would be sacrifice of our ego. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Oh, I have to do that many of times. Many of times. And especially as a parent even, you know. Uh, you like, did she, what, did she just, you know, I'm so like, true. okay, I got to meditate on this. Don't lash out. Cause you know, especially, you know, as a parent, you're quick to loose your tongue, but you have to understand that you are the spiritual authority over your child and the enemy can use your words to put a seed in your child that will probably take him decades to uproot. Mm-hmm. So even in your anger, you have to be very careful and very disciplined mm-hmm. in holding your tongue. And <laughs> I'm telling you, man, because yeah. you can say something in anger, thinking, okay, and not knowing that that has created a root in the child. And some of us, you know, there's something that your parents have said out of anger that, man, it took you decades, and oh, you're probably still walking through it to, 
yeah. deal with that. So I am very mindful of that. And it takes sacrificing my ego, man, I'm telling yeah. you. Because I grew up in a culture where children are seen, not heard. <laughs> so well, yeah, just to double click on that a little bit, like what's distinctive about spiritual formation in the way of Jesus mm-hmm. is it would be, you could call a cruciformed spiritual formation. Oh my gosh. Where other, and this oh, is a distinction. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you ahead. should have a big word. Like, <laughs> JD, you only get four big words. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go ahead. Educate us. It educate us. <laughs> cruciform, meaning in the way of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, where the ultimate sacrifice, right? The yeah. ultimate giving up of one's ego for the sake of the world. Mm. And we're going to hit on this over and oh over gosh. and over and again yes. when we talk about spiritual formation. It is the basis of how God forms us mm-hmm. into Christ's image. Yeah. To, uh, you know, so much, you, you mentioned parenting, but so much of life is uh, a, a, a protection of oneself. Yeah. And we need to stop and understand here that what we're advocating for builds the capacity for us to not be reactionary, Mm -hmm. to not be protective of the self, but to give of the self. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself is the definition of God's love. Mm -hmm. He gave himself. So us creating space for meditation gives us the capacity to hear God's leadership, to calm down, Mm -hmm. to be still, Mm -hmm. to let our ego settle yeah right to be able to love mm-hmm. which is amazing. sacrificial, sacrificial. <laughs> yeah. love is sacrificial um how do we do this adobe <laughs> this is a great conversation on meditation but how how would someone listening to this actually do this someone new to it someone who hasn't created this space before in their life hmm all right so this is the thing i have like an example here so i'm I'm getting this example from Pastor Steph O'Brien. Um, she created this meditation thing. So it's just a little snippet of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just going to read what this looks like. So for for her in this meditation, she chose Psalm 40. So you can pick any psalm. You can pick Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very common psalm to meditate on. So you just pick a passage of scripture or maybe just a verse. So for me, I just... Um, read um, if you're dealing with fear or something, depending on what it is that you're dealing with, find a scripture or verse that deals with that or that addresses that, and you can start there. And so, um, so for her here, she says, you know, for ten between ten and fifteen minutes, start your time with some quiet. If you're not able um, to be in a noise-free location, consider listening to instrumental music. So she said it's cool to do That's that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, if indoors, consider lighting a candle and focusing your eyes on the flame. Ooh. If outside, pick one object, a tree or some water or plant to focus your eyes on. Try to focus your mind and heart on God's presence with you. Be kind to yourself. Your mind can be like a puppy learning to sit. When it wanders off, <laughs> gentle, gently bring it back to focus. So the tip she has here is when things you need to do or remember for later come to mind, write them down on a sheet of paper, and then you can, you know, you can come I'm to stuck it. on the puppy part. But I was like, <laughs> okay, what animal most resembles me trying to be quiet? 
Yeah, it's either a puppy or a squirrel. Let's say uh, true <laughs> Let's talk. Let's be real. True talk. Yeah. Keep so, going there. That's great stuff. And yeah. then she says for the for the next 15, 20 minutes, read through the passage once. So whatever passage uh, you choose, read it through once. Now read it a second time, underlining or writing down what seems to stick out to you. Now read it a third time. This time, pause between each stanza and ask God to reveal anything specific to you. Hmm. Okay? And then, so this is her bonus thing. She says, a very, this is bonus. A very meaningful practice can be to let this psalm, so if it's a psalm, for her she picked Psalm 40. She said, let this psalm guide you in writing your own version of the psalm. Use some of the psalmist words if you want, but you could swap out sentences for things that are on your for things that are on your heart right now. This is not something that has to be published or shared. It is just between you and God. Wow. That's a beautiful practice. Absolutely. I love, love that. it. I love that would it. be a, a wonderful first step. I this for me in my life has looked um differently across time mm-hmm. much uh, I think it, it it shapes and changes what is constant though is trying to carve out spaces for silence and meditation mm-hmm. whenever I can gotcha big caveat mm-hmm. um, one resource that I think that I'll continue to point people to in this podcast is a resource by Peter Scissero okay called emotionally healthy spirituality and mm-hmm. there is a um, something called a daily office, which is, uh, and it's kind of come from the monastic movement where they created consistent spaces in their day to pause. And it has got 40 days worth of, uh, little pauses, little spaces for meditation. And for me, uh, I sometimes need space for silence and meditation. So it starts with two minutes of quiet Mm -hmm. and you will be amazed how much two minutes of quiet takes for you to do. Um, And it also has a number of other study things, so I'd highly recommend that resource. I'm sure I will again. Mm -hmm. But the concept, I would say, carries over into other spaces. Uh, There's this great story that I love that one of uh, my favorite authors, Henry Nowen, tells where he got the chance to meet uh, Mother Teresa. Yeah, I I would... Wow. I wouldn't have the guts for that. I'd just be honest. I'd be like, whatever mm. version of, you know, fanboy a pastor gets in front of someone, I, I would have just... Anyway, so he gets to meet Mother Teresa, yeah. um, and he has all of this anticipation for what he might... Uh, what they might talk about. He's gotcha. got like he's got like a half an hour with her or something like that, which is amazing. And uh, he's wow. he's has such this anticipation for what she's going to say to him, and he kind of spends most of the time bumbling over himself, describing the struggles that he's experiencing. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. And she just very quietly turns to him and says, "You know, Henry, if you give God one hour a day." of just being with him Mm. and you do your best to choose the right thing, Mm. you'll be okay. Oh, amen to that. And he's like, for 
sure. Is that it? <laughs> no, real talk. He's like, uh, again, a half simple. an hour of Mother Teresa. But that's what you were saying from the beginning. Yeah, like, simple. hey, this doesn't have to be hard. And here no. he had all these expectations for yeah. this spiritual giant. And the best advice that she could give is meditation. Yeah. The best advice she could give in the midst of whatever he was experiencing was consistently create space mm. to hear God's voice and do your best to obey, mm-hmm. essentially, is another way to understand what she's saying. And I, other people that I've listened to in my life, there's been a consistent strain to, to fight for 10 minutes mm-hmm. of your day. Gotcha. Start with 10 minutes of your week, if something. you're new with this. Right. Start with something, and I, I recommend silence in a notepad. Mm. And the notepad's not for journaling, though that might be a practice that you use some other time. In this instance, just try silence and a notepad, and the notepad is there to capture your thoughts, some physical way to get them from your brain through your fingers on the paper and out of your brain, and just do that. Another thing to try that I I have tried and really loved Mm -hmm. in the silence is to have a phrase that you come back to. Okay. Um, And there's this ancient practice in the church. I think it has a name. Maybe I can put it in the show notes. Okay. But... um, there is a centering phrase that one can use in the silence, and I, I've used the one, um, Christ Jesus, our Lord, uh, be with me a sinner. I don't think that's the right phrase, so I'm going to put the right <laughs> phrase in. I'm like blanking on it right Man, now. Man, because you're looking at me like, I don't know if that came out right. I don't know if that came out. <laughs> uh, but it's some sort of simple thing, Christ Jesus, my Lord. Mm. be with me a sinner mm. and whenever you start thinking about you know the NFL season or bringing the kids to the whatever the next thing they got to go to mm. bring it back mm. Christ Jesus my Lord mm. be with me mm. a sinner you know like th- that wow. sort of thing can be so impactful to start helping you grow the muscle of being silent and being with God. So for sure, those are the recommendations I have on how to practice meditation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you OG like me, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you can decide, hey, I can read a chapter Mm -hmm. a day. Um, And just at least for me, how I started was read a chapter a day or maybe more depend on how I'm feeling, and say, okay, God, tell me who you are in this chapter. Hmm. So I am looking for his characteristics. Like, who are you when I, I read Genesis 1? Hmm. Who do I, what do I see you are? Who yeah. do I see you are? And um, who, are, uh, who are you in Genesis 2, yeah. Genesis 3? Um, I remember reading... Because, you know, I grew up in the in a church faith where you have you see God as this no nonsense, you must be pure, anything dirty is evil in my sight. Hmm. You know, this very demanding, harsh yeah. God, you know. And I remember reading Genesis 3 where Adam and Eve, you know, sinned, hiding from him. Hmm. He's searching for them. It's not like he didn't know. That's the thing about God. It's not like he didn't know they were hiding, but he was just walking around searching for them. 
they come out. Adam said, is this woman you gave me? He's like, what? So now it's my fault? And then... (laughs) And Eve is like, is this serpent? And instead of God... So if I was... If God is who I thought he was, he should have just killed them right then and there and start over. Hmm. It was just the two of them. That, you know, just start over, everything's cool. But instead, he covers them. Hmm. And for me in that instant, I thought, okay, God is not what I have perceived him to be. Wow. And I remember thinking, well, God, why did you do that? Like, you could have just started over. You didn't even have to die in a cross. You know, we didn't even have to go through all of this. And I remembered, oh, this impression in my heart where he he said, it's just him saying, I am not a dictator. Mm -hmm. I'm not a tyrant. Like, I want people to choose to love me for me. I don't want to force them to love me. And I just, oh, man, that... Just took me to it's like oh man like yeah so I remember saying to God listen I'm not everything I assume I knew about you <laughs> I'm gonna throw that out yeah. you know you teach me well here's the hope of what we're saying today and why meditation is so foundational mm-hmm. to uh, spiritual formation in the way of Jesus and foundational to the practice of pursuing God. Mm. I just had this sense today trying to listen to God in preparation for this podcast mm-hmm. and this conversation. And I just got this deep weight in my soul that there is so much of our life that goes by mm. without creating space to hear God's voice. Mm. And there is so many people in this world who don't even know that they have access Mm. to hearing their own creator speak words of creativity and beauty and power into their life. Mm. And I wonder how much the devil Mm. savors Mm -hmm. the fact that he's got us so hurried, Mm. that he's got us so distracted. So if you are listening to this podcast, if you're watching online, I hope if anything stands out to you in this conversation, I hope what stands out to you is this invitation to create space to hear God's words in your life that will create something new, Mm -hmm. create something uh, beautiful and powerful in your life. So, any more more to say on that, uh, Adobe, or should I I close this out with? Well, I'm a... I guess say two things. <laughs> Here we go. I'm gonna say two things. Yeah. So first thing is uh, in in the Gospel of John, where John described Jesus that Jesus is the Word. Hmm. So if we're saying He's the Word, then we have to create space to listen. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, and if God gave us Jesus and and have Jesus die for us, then anybody and everybody who is willing mm-hmm. to create that space can hear him. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's one thing that just came to my mind. Um, but I do want to read out this um, quote. I kind of paraphrased it, I guess, that I'm forced to have about the, pur- the purpose of meditation. And um, the purpose of meditation is to create an emotional and spiritual space 
to allow Jesus Christ to construct an inner sanctuary in our hearts. Hmm. And I just love that. That's a beautiful image. Oh, my gosh. An inner sanctuary in our heart, a refuge, a space in all the chaos of the emotions of our lives. Yeah. To run to a safe space where we are known and can receive God's voice for us specifically. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. So close us out in prayer. I will. Yeah. Thanks for joining us online. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Let's pray to close today. Mm-hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what an amazing reality that you've created for us who choose to pursue you. The space where, as you did in the beginning, you can create through your words in our life. Where we are powerless, God, caught in our emotions, caught in the hurry of the day, you give us the capacity to join you. Mm-hmm. You give us the capacity to be with you. You, as that scripture said, create the space within us to be with us. God, I, I uh, am thinking of John where you, Jesus, pray to your father and you say, may they be one as I am one with you. God, I pray for the listener of this podcast or the watcher of us on Facebook, God, that you would be present to them, that you would give them courage um, to carve out silence in their life, space for contemplation and meditation, that they would have courage that and confidence like Adobe gained through the story we heard today to hear your voice, God, to be with you to hear the still small whisper of who you are that will give guidance uh, to their life. God, we trust you, and we, in faith, expect that you will speak when we create these spaces in our life. Mm. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Thank you for listening. God bless you.